Worshiping and praising God, I wonder what you were doing. Some people have, they have hit heaven already. Everybody who was praising Him and really thank, thanking Him from a thankful heart unto God. I tell you something has happened to them. Hallelujah. When you come to a house of God, you must not be a spectator. You must be a participator. Hallelujah. He is the God in Zion. Amen forevermore. Did you greet somebody happy Palm Sunday? You greeted only one person. You greeted persons. You know, somebody beside you, make sure he's talking to you. Because if, if someone beside you didn't greet you, grab him and greet him. This is the house of the Lord. We just came from a raid in Birmingham. Wow. Let's take our seats in the heavenly places. Amen forevermore. I was told about the exploits of the youths yesterday in your youth meeting. The news got to me in the night. How God was gracious among the youths and the manifestations of God's mercy among them yesterday. It gladdens my heart. I want to say thank you to those of you who came. Let me ask you now. Those of you who were in the youth, youth uh, meeting yesterday, please stand up. Let me see your faces. Wow. Do you know something? All of you who were in the youth meeting yesterday, write your names with Dickin um, Niyi. Once you close this meeting, I want your name, your contact, and your email. Take your seats, please. And among you today, I will call one of you to come and read the scriptures. Somebody who hasn't uh, mounted the pulpit before. You, you've, yes, come and read the scriptures. Sister, what's your name? Huh? Sister? Zoe. Zoe. That is Zoe. That is Rema. Sister Zoe will read the scriptures. And who else? Let me look for another person who, who hasn't come up. Um, sister, what's your name? Yeah, yeah, you. You were in the meeting yesterday. What's, what's again? Sister Bridget. All of you are bearing wonderful names. Sister Bridget, you were in Israel, isn't it? So it would be good for you to remember when we were walking through the same road that Jesus rode the donkey. Did you remember? And then we went into the, it ends in Gethsemane, where we went in and then we had the communion. You will be reading also today, two of you. Please come over, both of you, to the pulpit. Hallelujah. <laughs> Can I just say to all of you who are youths, if you are less than 36, either you are married or unmarried, you are a youth. 
in Christ with Tabernacle. I said something to you last week that in Christ with Tabernacle Church, for me to be able to ordain anybody into an office of calling, you must have been somebody when you were youth, you have been very committed to the vision and your understanding will. Because you see, those who are called, really called, when there's an opportunity in the house of God, they run towards it. That's how you know those who are called. There are others who are not really called into ministry I'm talking about. They are called general calling. You know, everybody is general. But people who, the hand of God is upon them to use them as a great instrument for the future. The omen of their life is that from kids, they will love things about God. They will run towards things about God. And it will be very obvious. And I told you about my life when I was a young kid. You know, we went to church every 5 a.m. And then from church to school, from school back to church at 6 p.m. And we did that Monday to Friday. And when I grew up to the age of reasoning, I told my mother, I'm going to come on Saturday as well to clean the church. And so my mother said, well, if that's what you want to do, I'll take you there. So for my sake, my mother would bring me on Saturday morning to clean the altar. I dare not climb the altar. Let me say something to you. When I become the age of nine, I joined the adults in their intercessory units who pray from 12 midnight to 6 a.m. every Friday. And then I joined the choir. If there is any work going on, crusade, I'm always on the front line. Evangelism, every day, I'm always in the front line. Now, if anybody is called at all, that is the omen that you are called. If you don't have that built in you, that comes naturally from you, forget it. When you talk about calling, it's a joke. Because anyone that has a calling in his life even when they are not born again they are very zealous to any any act they are involved in and so and i've told you for you those of you who are youths in this church know this plus the fact that if i will send someone to be a pastor on my behalf he must be able to replicate what i do and if you are not involved and engaged you can't do it it doesn't come by miracle it comes by calling which is evident in the way you attend towards God. Now we're going to look at the book of Matthew 21. 21. Um, can both of you read these small prints? Or you can read it from there. You can read it from there. Okay, Matthew 21, 1 to 11. You will read. And then you will read 12 to 17. Okay. All right, let's listen to this story <clears throat> of triumphant entry. Yeah, one to eleven. Verse one. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, "Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey." Oh, sorry. Let me just read it from here. And once you will find the donkey tied there, with her colt by her, untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. 
Say to the daughter of Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them to do. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their coats on them, cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth. The prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Verse 12. Verse 12, please. Jesus entered the temple area and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the, and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did, and the children shouting in the temple area, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read, from the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise? And he left them and went out of the city to Bethany, where he spent the night. And then we say, may the Lord bless the reading of his word. Put your hands together, church. Thank you. You know, a Sunday like this is a Sunday celebrated across the globe by Christians. And we celebrate this Sunday to mark the last seven days of Jesus Christ on earth before he died and resurrected. Now I will say this to you that um, we celebrate this Sunday, Palm Sunday, and this week, Passion Week, we call it. And then we celebrate the Christmas. Some people have the dichotomy of, you know... Uh, Jesus wasn't, uh, this date is not really the date he did it. Uh, the other day was not the day he is born. This is the fact. If you are a Christian and you don't remember the birth of Christ, I wonder if you are a Christian at all. Because if you are in love with somebody and you fail to recognize their birthday, you know, it can bring an end to marriage. Okay? Because you fail to recognize, you forgot the birthday of your wife, you you know, that's devastating. All right? (laughs) Therefore, yeah, yeah. You may forget the birthday of your husband and go away scot-free. But you forget the birthday of your wife, I'm so sorry for you. There is no dinner for you. Whatever the case may be. But you recognize as well that... um, there are memorable days in our life that we'll always remember. 
memorable days in our lives. Some celebrate their wedding anniversary, which is very good to do. Some have other events that took place in their life that they celebrate every year, which is very good to do. Hence, to celebrate Palm Sunday and celebrate the Passion Week and celebrate the birth of Christ is very good to do for anybody who truly loves God. Now, I will now help you understand this. During this week, this month, there are, there are you know, a group among Christians who go for 40 days of fasting and prayer. Alright? That is not in the Bible for us to do, but it is a good thing for those who do it. Only if it achieves the purpose of fasting. In Christ with Tabernacle, I will tell you that you should fast every month. Because fasting is supposed to bring a man to penitent repentance, where a man will examine his life, and then look at the things you are not doing right, and then change from it and never go back to it. That's what fasting is for. Any fasting that loses that is not fasting, but hunger strike. Isaiah chapter 58 applies. Now listen therefore. There are Christians who will have 40 days fasting in their life, and in that 40 days they will behave. The moment after the 40 days, they go wild again. That's the reason why that concept is questionable. Unless if it achieves the purpose of true repentance and reconciliation with God, that is permanent. For those who do it with their hearts seeking God to, to rectify things and then stay like that with God, it's a good practice for them. But for you, there are two things I want to, I want to share with you today, which is a progression of what I was teaching you over the past three weeks. The first thing is in verse 1, from verse 1. This story says, When they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to the mountain of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite, and immediately you will find an ass tied, and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say what? Is this the cathedral? What shall you say? The Lord has need. <clears throat> Jesus said to his disciples, I'm about to enter Jerusalem. According to the prophet Isaiah, you go to the next town and you find two donkeys. These donkeys are tied down, never ridden. And he says, untie them. That is transfer of ownership. And he says, the one who has claimed ownership of them will ask you, why do you untie my donkey? And say to them, the Lord has need of them. And the moment you say that, ownership changes hand. You know, the story of that donkey is a typical of you and I. When the time came for Jesus to save us, he sent the Holy Spirit. 
In the book of Ephesians chapter 1, chapter 2, we'll look at that verse 1 to 3. It says that we were dead in our transgressions, in which we used to live, our transgressions and sins, in which we used to live, when we followed the ways of this world, and the, 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 and the, the, and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit that is at work in the disobedience. Now, you and I, we are bound by Satan. Anybody who is not born again is bound by Satan. And if you look at our scripture, it says, when you were in the world, you were tied down by the devil. And it calls him the ruler of the kingdom of the air. And it says also, that is the spirit that is at work in everyone who disobeys God. Are we together now? The next verse says, All of us lived among them at one time, doing what? Gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature. Whatever your body tells you to do, you do it. Whatever your emotion tells you to do, you do it. Really, you sometimes knew that you are destroying yourself by those acts. But you couldn't stop doing it. The more you promise you would stop it, the more you find yourself in the same dilemma. Alright? You hate it, but you can't stop it. It destroys you, you acknowledge it, but you can't stop destroying yourself. The reason was because there was a ruler who tied you down. The prince of the air. And he makes you do the things he wants you to do. To your own detriment, to your own destruction. He makes you destroy yourself so that you are the only one guilty of your destruction, not him. Because you are bound by him. You see many people, they come every year and say, I do a new year resolution. I will stop doing this. I will stop doing that. I will stop doing that. The moment they leave less than 24 hours, they are doing it again. It is not because they do not want to stop it. It is because there is a ruler over them that compels them to do it. A more powerful person called the prince of the air. Let me say this to you, I just discussed this with them in New Cross. There are some mistakes you do in life that the result of it will remain with you for the whole of your life. You cannot remedy it. That is, there are some mistakes you do to yourself that the result of that mistake remains with you and they become indelible. Even when you repent, you still have the result before your face to show you that don't mess up again. Whereas there are some mistakes you do that the result will be seasonal. And after that season, it goes away. Okay? A man who has control of himself certainly will never do anything that will destroy him, that will humiliate him, that will put him to shame. Every man loves ego. Every man loves good things. Every man loves to do uh, things that are, that are praiseworthy. But when you are under the control of Satan, that which will destroy you, that which will humiliate you, that which will lead to your regrets, that which when it is exposed, people who look up to you like this will say, Oh, so that's not how he or she is. Look at, she's less than nothing. 
Every time you get involved in such act, it's because there's a spirit called the prince of the air that is only interested in your shame, in your destruction, and it pushes you. But, you see, you cannot be influenced by him if he had not tied you down. We will come back to these in a minute. Go back to that Matthew 21, 2. So therefore, Jesus said to the disciples, Go, when you get there, don't take permission from the person who was ruling over the, the, the cult, who had claimed ownership. Just untie. That is how Holy Spirit invaded you and I when we were in the world. Illuminated our mind to salvation. Convicted us of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, according to the book of John 14. So that we came to sanity that, look, we need help of somebody here. Look, I'm doing the things I don't want to do here. Now, I've tried all my best and I failed here. Which means, there is this, this sin in my life, I need somebody who can help me out of it. That bad habit I am indulging in, which is destructive to me, which is humiliating to me. I need somebody to, to get me out of it. And you recognize by the Holy Spirit that that person is Jesus. So when the Holy Spirit appeals to you, sent by Jesus, the devil has no power to stop your salvation because the Lord has need of you. That's the reason why we are saved. Therefore, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If a man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation or species. All things are passed away. All things, all things, spiritual body have become new. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through his son. Because he said, when anybody challenges you, why are you untying it? Say to him, the Lord has need of it. Now, it would be very strange for a person, therefore, who claimed to have been born again, to believe that he is still bound and he needs deliverance. Come on now. Are we talking? CFT Cathedral, I will go back to Birmingham. Are we talking? Because the Bible says in the book of John chapter 8 verse 30. Let's look at that very quickly. It says to the... Even... No, 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 no. 31. To the Jews who have believed in him... Who believed him? Jesus said, that is to those who are born again now. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are what? You are really what? Come on, say to somebody, you are really my disciple, Jesus says. So a disciple of Jesus is not somebody who comes to church. Because there are disobedient people in church. And we know from the evidence of Ephesians that anybody who is a disobedient person to the laws of God is under the rulership of Lucifer. Okay? But, the Bible says here, to the Jews who are religious, who now accepted Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit, Jesus said to them, this is the rule of the game. Okay? If you are really my disciples, you will do what? Obey. You will hold to my teaching, obey what I teach you. And then he says in the next verse, if you do that, shall we read it together? Then you will what? So when you obey the teachings of Jesus, what will you know? Say it again. 
Say it again. Say it loud. Good. Let me help you understand something. The Bible is so accurate and so truthful. It says, to know a truth is by learning. Okay? Every career that all of you are, you were ignorant of that career before. But when you began to learn about it, you understood the truth of the practice. And what happens with truth? It says, the truth will set you free. Not pastor. Not apostle. So, where do you get pastors saying that I will conduct deliverance for you? What do you mean by that? Is the pastor the truth? Come and answer me, church, man. That's the reason why everybody, they lay hands on, say they deliver them, they still fall into another predicament. None of them is ever free. Because, take away the truth, a man is bound. Give a man the truth, a man is free. Those of you who are professionals, doctors, accountants, and all stuff, some years ago you were ignorant in that field. How did you come about a man who is in the church here, we grew him in the church here, and we saw him here grow as a boy and a you know, baby and then grew to become a man, and suddenly he's cutting people in the hospital and sewing them back. Listen to me. Or, you know, an aircraft got spoiled and he, he, he broke down the, the aircraft to pieces and he mounted up again. Before our eyes he grew. But what has happened to him is that over the period he was growing, he began to learn a particular truth that others didn't learn. And the knowledge of that truth transforms him and makes him what the truth is. If you have the knowledge of sin, it will make you a great sinner. You have the knowledge of this world, I'm not talking about intellectual now, that is worldliness. It will make you more depraved because Satan is the one that rules over the world. If you have the knowledge of God, it will make you pure before God. It will make you more holy. It will make you more obedient to God. It is the only, it's only the knowledge of Jesus that can set a man free. Not the prayer of any man under heaven. What about you say to me that, well, we pray and sometimes demons are cast out of people. Yes. Who cast the demon out? Pastor or Jesus? Come and answer me. So if Jesus cast the demon out of, of somebody... Do you have Jesus too? Come and answer me. So if you have Jesus, can he not cast demon through you? Simple. So if a man casts out demon, it doesn't make him a superman. It is just what an ordinary baby Christian should do. That's what baby Christians should do. Casting out demons is for babies. Because the Bible says in the book of Mark 16, 17, don't go there. Because I still talk about this. It says, this time to follow all who believe in my name, they will cast out devil. When you believe in Jesus, the first power you have is to cast out all demons. That's the first power you have. So to cast out devils, is nothing to glory over. Because it is Jesus in you that cast them out. Alright? But for you to be free from the control of the prince of the air, you must obey the teachings of Jesus. He says that they, they, then they will know the truth, the truth they know will set them free. Now, go back to my Matthew, therefore. If you interpolate this into Matthew, you will recognize in 21 verse 2. It says, go into the village, bring in that call, because the Lord has need of it. Now, let me ask you a question. Since you believed, what is it that is the Lord's need that you have been meeting? Understand that the Lord did not save you to add to membership of a gathering. 
That's not why he saved you. He didn't untie that call just to free him for nothing. Because a person who has learned the skill of medicine has to practice it. After six years of your certificate, if you do nothing, it's obsolete. Obsolete. Any degree. Listen to me. It is obsolete because it is, it's an intellectual right. Fact. Because you will forget many things. Therefore, you are saved for a purpose. The reason why God saved you is because Jesus had need of you. Last Sunday when I finished teaching you, the power of God was so heavy here. Two people came to me here with tears in this place. And I love what I heard from them. One of them fell on his knees and held my leg. And he said, Apostle, I saw all what I've done wrong in my past. I didn't give altar call. They are youths too. I saw what I've done wrong in my past. I asked God to forgive me. I said, you have received it. Because a broken spirit and a contrite heart, God will not reject. He will not reject. Pride destroys. Listen to me. When pride is pushing a man, who is behind him? Lucifer. Isaiah 14. He was the first proud man. Ezekiel 28. He was cast out of heaven because of pride. What happens to proud people? Few years time. What you purpose that you are. Others will now be manifest. And they will expect you to manifest. But you have nothing in your pocket. Because you have been lying about yourself. Ten years time. They have all left you. Listen to me. And before you know it. Ten, fifteen years time. You are now. Either you like it or not. People will know what you truly are. Because if you are what you say you were 10 years ago, there is a standard they expect of you 10 years thereafter. Pride kills. Pride destroys. Pride makes a jest of a man. Pride is a waiting laughter to scorn of a man. Therefore, it's from the devil to make you like him. But you see, humility is from the Lord. A humble spirit is a spirit that loves to learn. A humble spirit is a spirit that when he makes mistake, he breaks down before God and he corrects himself. And he never goes back to it. A humble spirit does not gang with the people of the world who will laugh at you at your day of, 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 of falling. They will shut their door against you when you have nothing in your pocket. They are the ones who push you to waste the whole of your assets and lie. They are only waiting for the day they will laugh at you. Come on now. Come on now. It's only God who looks at your direction and he sees that the way you are going will end up in peril and laughter and scorn and he intercepts you like today, speaking to you through my lips. There is a better life on earth. It can only be found in obeying Jesus. Listen to me. So therefore... Matthew says, the Lord saved you because he has need of you. Think about what have you been doing for God since you were saved. Let me say this to you in this church. Every day in this church, we come to pray at 7.30, one hour. Yes? Where are you? The youths had a meeting yesterday. Some of you had me last Sunday, but you didn't come. I'm not talking about if you had work to go at the time or you had a function prepared. But I'm talking about you had nothing, but you didn't come. 
No, it didn't occur to your heart that God depends on you for what he wants to do. We have Bible study every Thursday, every Tuesday here. And people study Bible from chapter to chapter. And part of you who come are advancing in knowledge. And you are not there. Imagine. On Friday, they gather together again to pray. You are not there. You know, last Sunday I made declarations over your lives here. When you see me operate in power of God like this, it is because some people dare to pray for me in the week. Some people gather here daily to pray. Then I speak. I give you prophecies of what will happen in various nations. People are confused about Brexit. CFT is not. Because God has spoken it here, 2004. And again and again I reminded you, this is going to come to pass. Now it's come to pass. Oh, Scotland is not going to go. Scotland is going to go. We are not confused here. Because when Scotland was thinking of the first referendum, I stood before you under the unction of God and told you, God said, Scotland will fail. But in a short time, they will come back again and they will succeed. The nation may be confused. We are not confused. We know that they will break away. Really, the Lord spoke to us and said that and, and showed me, I saw this island broken to three. Not only Scotland is going, another part of this nation is going. The, the one shall become three islands. You know it. You see, all those prophecies. When, 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 when they were confused about who would rule America, God had told you here that Trump is going to be the president. So the last minute, it doesn't matter what people say nonsense. In Nigeria, when they were going to have the election, the Lord told you who will win over Nigeria. Even the one that they rejected. You see, those manifestations come because some of you are coming to pray here regularly. So, the power of God is present here to bring the unction of God upon anybody who ministers the word of God. So that mysteries are revealed to you. We have seen blind see. We have seen lame walk. We have seen dead bodies raised in this house. Last Sunday, I made proclamation over you. I told you under the unction of the Spirit that God said to me that a new week began by Monday. And I said to you, some of you who have been rejected from places where God has ordained for you, the same place that rejects you will call you back. You remember? And I told you, God told me, the request you have for the year, which is yet to be fulfilled, that in this week it will begin to manifest them. I received a text from one of you. A company that rejected them, called him back to come and start work. Alright? This same week, one of you who have been praying in the, in the list of the prayer that that person has for the year, the first request is, God, give me a job in this country. I need an expatriate experience because I want to become a director. And to be able to come easily into that margin, if you have an expatriate experience with the level of what she, the person is, he can easily become a director in England, simple as ABC. That country where he said, God, give me employment in this country or the second country, that very country gave that person job this week. And that person will be moving to that country. Okay? And you know what happened? The people who employed the person were saying to the person that, look, just come. We, we just need you. They have been having interviews. The person that having interviews in two places. He said, we have been, we need you. We know what you have. We know what you want. And he said to the person that, look, you can become a director here less than five years. And when you become a director, this, this, this is a company that takes care of people like KPMG, like um, Goldman Sachs and all, all these big organizations. They, they, they consult for them. And the person was not conscious. And then the Lord said, look at your request. Your first request this year, Lord, give me a job in this country. And the name of the country is there. And I said, I gave you the job. 
Then why can't you see? Why can't you see? Hey, Father, Apostle said it on Sunday. Hallelujah, somebody. Those things happen through me because some people care to pray here. It's our joint job. The Bible says when the apostles committed themselves to prayer, power was manifest. When the church prayed daily, power was manifest. Christianity is not going to church on Sundays. If that's all it's about, you fail. Nobody goes to lecture hall once in a week and pass. Come on church. If you are called to hear me. On earth. You are called to succeed without regret. Only if you listen to me. That is, you see, I want this church to be a people who prove that the Bible is true by your life. Are we together now? That's what you are. Very proud of that. Jesus says, I have need of the donkey. Huh? So, lesson number one. When Jesus sets the donkey free, the donkey was free from bondage. He does not need deliverance. Lesson number two. You never heard that after Jesus rode on the donkey, the donkey went back to where they tied him. Because donkeys normally, when, you, when the donkey breaks out from his owner, he runs far. I know it. I've seen it. When I was in practice as a land surveyor, donkey will, they will put load on donkey in ranging Ghana. Heavy load. And they will take a big road and begin to kill the donkey. Donkeys suffer most abuse among all animals. They beat them with rod. And then when the donkey gets almost to where it's going, he will just get fed up. And he will just jump. All the load, he will throw it down for the owner to pack. Then, you know something f- funny with donkeys? He will run from that place back to where they tie him. And where they tie him, he will just stand there waiting for the owner to come and tie him again. That is what donkeys do. Naturally. But you see, the donkey that Jesus set free, it was not recorded that he went back to the owner to tie, the previous owner. Power has changed hands. Are we together now, somebody? I love it. For therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 8 verse 1. For in Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. Somebody say, I am free. I don't like the way you speak. I am free. Say the cathedral way. A Christian who is afraid of witches and wizards, he should think whether he's really born again. <laughs> because if the son therefore make you free, now listen to me. God has need of you, but he said to the, to the Jews who have believed in him in that John 8, 31, haven't brought you in, you must obey my teaching. That brings me to the second part of that Matthew. When they brought the donkey, Jesus climbed on the donkey. When Jesus was riding on the donkey, people who hate donkeys, they put their best clothes on the ground for donkey to, to step on. Yes? Why? They first covered that donkey with gorgeous royal attire. They must have washed that donkey completely, isn't it? Before they brought him, because the master wants to ride. You can't bring to Jesus dirty donkey. 
And donkeys are naturally dirty. So they must have first cleansed him. Like you and I, when the Holy Spirit saved us, he has to clean us of all unrighteousness before presenting us before God. Gave us a robe of righteousness. But then, haven't he done that to us? The Bible says that everybody who hate donkey, they began to love, love the donkey. I'll make this declaration over you. People who hate you from this week, they begin to love you. Yeah. Let me say something to you. <laughs> say, please, there's no way I can say it in English. But this is it. Whoever is riding you determines what will happen to you before men. If a, Christ, if a person says that I'm a Christian and they hate you here, they hate you there, they hate you there, they hate you there, the only thing is that Jesus is not the one riding you. You have submitted yourself to your self-will. Okay? A donkey is a donkey, except he's being ridden by Christ. Your flesh needs no respect. It will be eaten up by worms in the graves. For honor to be bestowed upon you, it determines who is the one riding on you. For glory to come upon you, it is determined by who rides on you. In other words, who do you obey? Who you obey determines what happened to you. Enemies will love you when they see the one riding upon you. Satan will run before you when they see the person riding upon you. Demons will cringe when they see you. When they see the person riding upon you, listen to me. It has nothing to do with anointing. Jesus said it. If you are my disciples, you will obey my teaching. There is no righteousness without obedience. Today, in God. Tomorrow, in the world. Who is your rider? Satan. Because when Jesus rides on a man, it's from one obedience to another obedience, and it's from one victory to another victory. There is no failure at all. When Jesus rides upon on you, he makes things easy for your life. Come on, believe what I tell you. You identify with this, amen? amen. Last Sunday I told you, my testimony will continue until May 17. I told you, I did my first submission on commercial contract law. And that submission I got A and B. And then I said, Lord, something has to happen. I must catch up with A's. And I have to go to, to Birmingham. Isn't it? So Wednesday I was in Birmingham. I preached in Birmingham. Okay? That Wednesday night. I went home Wednesday night. And by 11 o'clock we got home to the hotel. I read till, till um, 9 in the morning and submitted my, my you know, uh, presentation, my exam stuff. And I was with them yesterday in the seminar. When the result came out, I got A. Do you know what happened? When I finished on Wednesday, I was saying to the, to the people around me, I'm exhausted. And I have to submit. I said, I'm exhausted. So when we got to the hotel, I told mommy that, look, this boy is exhausted. I'm very tired. I can't even assimilate. And how can I, how can I, how can I do something less than A? What will my lecturer say? How can I stand before the church and say, I got D? 
it will be demoralizing because it's D. <laughs> I said, I, I, and of course, I have to tell the church whatever I get. I, and I can't lie to them. So I said to God that I'm tired. But Lord, though I'm tired, I have, I have, I have exams to submit. I must do it. So I started reading. For the first one hour, nothing entered his head. You know when you read for about 30 minutes and you try to remember, you remember nothing. It happened to you too. It happened to you before. So you remember, I remember my voice when I tell you, man write it, man read it, man pass it. I continue to read. And you know with God, if you don't make an effort, God has nothing to help. After one hour of reading, nothing enters anywhere. Okay? By one hour, grace came. <laughs> and tiredness to sleep. After 12, sleep was dead. Vanished. Brain open. Mind aglow. I began to read. Read cases. God was, the Holy Spirit would tell me, to Google something on the, on the uh, uh, academias, and the very one I bring out is the answer to <laughs> the question. And you know when I Google for academias, you can have 50 pages of write, writings from them, and when I look at the introduction, remember, conclusion of the matter, mm, the middle, and that's the answer. My lecturer said that, I wish I can read it to you, it's in there. My lecturer wrote and said that excellent writing. <laughs> Who did the excellent? Holy Spirit. Remember, some people without Christ, for 30 minutes they read, they couldn't understand. When it's about one minute for them that God will help them, they will just sleep. No, is it not so? One minute to the time God will help. They would just say that, well, I read book, he didn't enter. I read, he didn't enter. He entered, he didn't enter, he didn't enter book and book enter. They sleep. <laughs> Hallelujah. And in the following morning, when they will come up, they will be tired. One activity and the other activity. And then they will say there are some demons in their family that is chasing them, isn't it? Then they begin to bind them and then they will fail at the binding of the devil. Hallelujah, somebody. And when you fail the exam, in my own curriculum, there is no repeat. If you fail a module, it will delay your graduation for six months. They have written it before you started that. This is not a play-play game. It's either you accept, you are serious, or drop it now. They warned us before we started the LLM course. So I have second consideration to think that uh, I general overseer of Christ Tabernacle. I am the pastor here. I will go all over the whole place. I will walk here, walk here, walk there. Can I, can I, can I cope? Who told you you can't cope? You cannot examine whether you cope of what you have not started. Mr. Cope. <laughs> became Mr. Copeland after he started. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. This is by the Holy Spirit. It's by the Holy Spirit. When we walk with the Lord, in the light of His Word, what a glory Someone said to me very recently that, Apostle, you know, you just make this A and A star useless. He says you make it like, you know, it's so easy to read and stuff like that. And you know my answer? Unless the Lord build the house, the labor in vain. So if we know that God can build the house, why can't you obey Him? 
If you obey God, the only thing you lose is what? Say it loud. That's what you lose. Regret. But if you disobey God, the only thing you gain is what? Say it loud. Disobedience gives you profit of regrets. I slept at 10. At 10.30. Because when I finished, mommy said she's going to for breakfast. I said I want to sleep. She said, no, you are a husband. So I have to follow her. Because I'm the husband really. I have read as a student. Now I am tired. I want to sleep. My wife said, no. We have to go to breakfast together. Everybody go with their husband. Okay. So now my husband. I said, God, I put myself into this trouble. You have to help me here now. I'm tired. But I have to follow this woman anyway. So I said, okay, yes, I'm a husband. Let's go. We went to the breakfast. I sat down there. After eating for one and a half hours, I said, wife, will you let me go now? And she said, well, they're even going to shut down if we don't go. So we left. And I came back to the hotel. And I slept about quarter to eleven, and so by one o'clock, I had my wife. It's time to wake up. I've just left now. Say, so who will deliver me from this? I put myself. I signed the contract myself. And when I woke up at one, I've just slept probably about two and a half hours or three hours. I have to minister that night. I say, thank you for waking me up. I had to prepare for the night. Why didn't I break down, by the way? There is a God in heaven. If the Spirit of God is interested in man, okay, you will do things that ordinary man cannot do because if they die, it, they could break down, they could end up in the hospital, they could help hold them in the mortuary, but you will be alive because God is backing you up. But for God to back you up, just obey His teachings. Simple. Simple. The last part of that scripture says, verse 12. I think we are doing good today. Yes? Look at verse 12. It says, Jesus entered the temple, like here, and some churches all over the world. He entered the temple later and drove out all who were buying and selling there. There are some people who come to church to buy and sell. God always drives them away eventually. They will join church. They will fall out on the way. If you come to buy and sell. It's not of God. Never of God. The house of God is a house of love. Where everyone loves one another. And love is transparent. Are we together now? Love is love. Love is care for somebody else. Are we together? And the scripture says here, Jesus drew them out. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those who sell those. I always say to ministers, when you have a fragment of people rebelling in your church, don't worry about them. Leave them alone. It's part of the nuggets that make the spiritual very, very good. Don't worry about them. Leave them alone. Because the one who builds his church knows how to remove them. But woe to rebellious, according to the book of Isaiah 4. Rebellion happens when a man obeys the devil. 
Obedience happens when a man obeys God. But God approaches the rebellious. Then he says, It is written, he said to them, My house will be called what? House of what? House of what? House of what? House of what? And then, what did he say? But you making it? Robbers. People who come to church and they don't tithe. Robbers. <laughs> Listen to me. They want to use the rest of us and enjoy the benefits that our money produces. But they don't want to contribute. Robbers, the Bible called them. And the Bible says, if anybody is called a church, if you go to a place they call it church, if they don't pray daily, get out from that place. It's not a church, it's a place center. A place where they talk, 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 talk. When it comes to prayer, pray, everybody goes, we go. Carry your bag and baggage. If you don't want to join them and become like them, like Damelda, carry your bag and baggage, run for your life. Because Jesus says that, how do you know my house is a place of prayer? How do you identify my house? It's a place where they pray. A place where they can pray. Satan can come there and begin to gestate. Deal with people one after the other. Make their life miserable. Bankrupt. Destroy families. Destroy future. And all manners of nonsense happening there. Jesus says my house shall be called a house of prayer. In the book of Acts chapter, chapter 2. It says in from, from 44 down that they, they, they attended the temple daily and prayed. They prayed, they prayed, they prayed, they prayed. Acts chapter 1, chapter 2. Look, if you read from chapter 1 really, it says they returned from verse 12 to the upper room and they prayed daily until the Holy Ghost came. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says when the, the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Read the report, it says it was 9 a.m. In Acts chapter 10, from verse 1, it talks about Cornelius was praying as usual at 3 p.m. Then he saw an angel distinctly. And read it down from verse 12. It says Peter was praying at 12 noon the following day. And he saw a trance. Many Christians today see nothing but nightmares. What do you do with your eyes? Because you don't pray. You don't pray. You don't pray. You don't pray. Those before you pray, they saw angels. Those before you pray, they saw trance. What are you seeing with your eyes, man? Devils or demons? Come on, change your attitude, man. The house of God is the house of prayer. Let me say this to you. Don't you think that those who come to pray every week here, when they pray and the power of God rests upon me and I speak, they are the first one to, to manifest it. Because their spirits have been praying. What about someone says that I'm at work at the time? If you are at work at the time, then the time you're not at work, tell God, in our church we pray for one hour. This is my one hour. And you take that one hour and pray every day. I join them, Lord, because I'm at work. When the time of the prayer comes, you're at work, let your heart begin to pray. Then God sees your heart, that you honor Him. Not just waking and sleeping every day. Look, devil is not a joker. I am telling you, boy, devil is not a joke. (laughs) 
Especially those of you who, 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 who are born in England, raised in England, Mike, 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 all the time you say, let me say something to you. You will follow me to Africa, some of the place I go to preach. When I will take you to a place where they want to kill a cow, and the man who wants to kill the cow asks for a stick of broom. You know a stick of broom? It's not as thick as my finger. Huh? And he waved the stick of broom, waved the stick of broom. After he entered into the devil, he went to the car and got, and the head splitted from the body. He caught the head of the car with a stick of broom. When that happened before your eyes, when I bring you back and say, pray, hey, Father, Father, no. <laughs> you will pray, I tell you something. You will pray. And you know what? These are the people we are going to preach to. These are the people we are going to preach to. Someone say, it's your mind. And when your eyes see it, if you don't collapse before we wake you up, <laughs> you will know it's not your mind. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness and spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places. Look, I went to do crusade. Let me tell you this story. Because I always tell you one story or the other before I finish. I went to do crusade in a village in, in Nigeria. In the, in the village, the pastor told me there, the pastor told me there that apostles don't stay here and don't put any pastor here because any pastor that come here, the witches kill all their children and they kill their wives. And he said, I am a victim. I came here with three children. All of them are dead. My wife died whether last month or whatever. He said, please, I'm begging you, as a man of God to a man of God, don't stay here. So you know what I told him? I said, because they kill you and they, they kill your family and they kill the, the other people before I came. All of the pastors who came, they run away. I said, I will also deal with them. That's why somebody must take the, the revenge of the blood. I said, I will teach you what you need to know so that they can't kill anybody in your family anymore. Follow me. Okay? You know why they kill their children? How many people pray daily? So how would they do that to them? I teach you righteousness. They teach fear of the devil. No, I tell you to destroy the devil. They tell you that they, you must run when you see demons. So how would demons pursue them and kill them? I told the man, you will land here. I took them on Jesus' march. We went into the bush. God told me to enter into the forbidden forest. They said, no, 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 no. That is forbidden. I said, which is forbidden? That's what I'm telling you. The Bible says the earth is the loss and the fullness thereof. You said to me that some people forbid somewhere on this world. You see, you understand now? They are afraid of forbidden forest. As far as I'm concerned, if man said it is forbidden, I can unforbid it. Because man who said it, said it by the devil. I who say it, I say it by God. Who is superior, by the way? Follow me and we enter the, the forbidden forest. We went down forbidden forest and then we, we got to their shrine. Which is about 0.5 kilometers into the forest. Which is a stream down the valley. When we were, there is a shrine man there, a priest of devil. When he was hearing hallelujah, which is contrary to the noise he had before in that forest, he came out of the forest, of the, of the shelter. Who are these? His eyes were so wide open. Nonsense. Even if his eyes turned to blue, it doesn't matter. 
I stretched my hands towards him and rebuked him. He went boom into the field, into the bush. Till today they didn't find him. Okay? You know they have been killing people there. And Jesus sent me to go and stop that killing. He vanished. Then they decided that let us kill Apostle Williams with a, a bird. They decided to send an owl to come and kill me. The owl flew in the cathedral like that. <laughs> Up. How can owl? You enter this place and you find owl here. How did he enter? How did owl enter? Five feet wide. The head of the owl is almost like my head. And the Lord said, look behind you. Come on, when you serve God, you hear him now. Holy Spirit speaks. I can't, serve, I, can't, I can't claim to be a Christian if I do not have the encounters of the people before me. But it comes by what I'm telling you. Little faithfulness to God and consistent seeking him. It's not by anointing. The Holy Spirit said, look up. When I looked behind me, I saw the bird. And I said to the Holy Spirit, what is he looking for? He said, I should ask him. I said, uh, what are you looking for? In the name of Jesus, he flew. A bird who flew in the name of Jesus is not a bird. You go to the, go to the public and begin to shout in the name of Jesus to so all the birds in the, in, the, in the sky. They won't answer you. Because they themselves are singing and they are praising the same Jesus. Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> but the one you come command in the name of Jesus and he flew, that was something else is inside him. He flew. And I followed him. Everybody was praying. Nobody knew what was going on. Eh? If I was one of those pastors, I would have told everybody, Ah! Open your eyes! Open your eyes! It is warfare. Which warfare? A bird and a devil? Forget it. I will handle this. And everybody was praying. And I followed the bird. I followed the bird. I followed the bird. After some time, I just felt in my spirit that, Why am I wasting my life over a useless devil? A demon entered into a bird. That demon finished his life. He said, Command life out of him. And I turned and I said, I command life out of you in the name of Jesus. And he flew. Then he came back. And he fell to the ground. Right before me. And I picked it up. Dead! He died behind and he came down. So if a bird died there, it should fall down vertical. But this bird, he died and he was diving towards where I was. It's on video live. Go and Google today. Apostle Williams and the evil birds. You will see there. He flew down dead. A dead bird fly down. I picked it up. Stretch it. Useless devil. The Bible says Jesus poor principles and powers are made a public show of them. When I stretch it, for people to see that this one was not stoned. If he was stoned or if he was shot, blood would come out of it. I hold, held it. Look at the whole body. Video check it. Man didn't stone this one. The command in the name of Jesus brought him down from the sky. Let me say something to you. <laughs> they said they killed them. I went to the pulpit. First of all, I went to the houses of all the witches. I said, you know their house? They said, yes, take me to their house. Knock their door. Mama, come to the crusade tonight. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Knock their door. After uselessing their power, when I knock their door, they are looking away from me. They can't look at our face. Listen to me. On the last day of my crusade, I said that I heard that you people kill people here. And you refuse to repent of wickedness. If anybody decides to slaughter a man for sacrifice, it will be his life for it. 
I said people who kill others, if you decide not to repent and you continue your evil word, you will rot from inside. People die in that place like, like, like guinea fowl before the time. Let me say something to you. When I left, they were holding an annual festival of a deity they call Obalufon. And they have to slaughter a human being for that festival, for that God, which they have slaughtered every year. So, I went to all the chief priests and all of them there, tell, told them, you guys come to crusade. Some of them came. Some of them did not. After leaving the following week, they decided to incantate. That incantation will, will cause somebody to sleepwalk from his house and come to the room where they want to kill him. And they will slaughter him in their forest there. He will just sleepwalk there. While the chief priest was doing the incantation, as he finished the incantation, his head dropped to the ground and he was dead. The rest of the team of the, of the court said, Oh no, this cannot happen, this cannot happen, it never happened before. What is this? They buried him seven days after. Another one was, another one who is the immediate assistant said, I'm going to become the chief priest. They made him the chief priest. And the seven days ritual, they did it. On the seventh day, he was doing that incantation that will invoke man to come. But then, as he finished it, he slumbered and he died. Then the cult scattered. One of the members of the cult was our bricklayer. He came to, when I arrived, he said, Apostle, anybody who says your God is not God, that person is a foolish man. He said, this is what happened among us. The first one died. When the second one died, I told them, I'm no more doing call to. I don't want to. <laughs> he says, I don't want to die. I'm no more part of you. And some of them left. But others remain who are stubborn. And the third person did it. The same thing on the seventh day he died. Then they now went, all the court members, and called all the witches. And decided that what is killing our chief priests? They now said, okay, let us go up and investigate. This report was given to me by the king himself. Because they said when they came out of their body and they were flying... They saw death over the town. They came back to the ground. Then these people came back into their physical body, went to the king at 3 a.m., woke him up and started begging for their life. They said, the apostle you brought from England, he said something on the last day of his crusade. And he said that the first leader died, second leader died, third leader died. The king said that, but why do you two want to do evil? They said, king... Why are you asking us such questions? After good, there must be evil. They said God used human beings to do good. We are messengers of Satan too. We must do evil. And the king said that, but you heard what the apostle said. In my own town, you cannot kill people anymore. They said, king, what are you talking? Even if we want to kill, we went out just today to kill. We saw somebody with sword. He was going to kill all of us. We came back down. An angel with a drawn sword was assigned over the place. I would get it now. The word of your mouth has so much power. Satan doesn't want you Christian to know how powerful your lips are. That is the reason why 
you can engage in discussion that is useless for three hours, four hours, Satan won't worry you. But if you decide to pray for ten minutes, something will begin to happen around you. Are we together now? It's the plot of the devil. The rest of the story, if you want to know, come on Wednesday. Because on Wednesday we are going to do Jesus' seminar. But I stand before you to tell you that the word of God is true. The written word is true. I have proved it in this world. I have proved it. I have never in my life fasted 40 days. For what? What am I doing? Hungry? The Lord will tell me to go and eat. Yes, what am I fasting 40 days for? The Lord will tell me to go and eat. It was Moses who fasted 40 days. Joshua did not. It was Elijah who fasted 40 days. Elisha did not. And Joshua completed the work Moses could not. Elisha did 14 miracles. Elijah, who he followed, did seven. Recorded. So, Jesus is our Moses. Jesus is our Elijah. He had done 40 days already. The only thing he asked us to do, not 40 days, obey me. Simple as ABC. The Bible says, blessed is the man who works in the counsel of the wicked. Get out of their counsel, the wicked people. Not sit in the seat of scoffers. Not stand in the way of sinners. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. In the law of the Lord, he meditates day and night. He says, he shall be like a tree planted by the riverside. He will yield his fruit in his season. No witch can stop him. No wizard can stop him. No mami water, water mami water. They don't exist. They are all words made up by men through the devil. It's so strange that there are some terminologies the church of God celebrated so much, more than the name of Jesus. And they are not in the Bible. Somebody show me my water in the Bible. And it is written, a mami water. Show me in the Bible. Have you seen it before in your own Bible? So where do you get all this nonsense from? Satan sold the light to us. There is one name I know is in the Bible. His name is Jesus. Come on now, I say his name is Jesus. I know his name is Jesus. He said, Jesus, for principalities and powers, he made a public shoe of them, triumphing over him by the cross, having cancelled every written code that stands against us. With all their legal demands, he nailed it on the cross, Colossians 2.14. Listen to me, therefore. Today, who is your rider? Next Sunday, I will carry on with you from the book of John, chapter 15. Look at two verses in it, and I will take you deeper into that. I'm told you here, Jesus saved you so that he can use you. Alright? Set the cord free so that I can ride on him. Alright? And John 8, 31, to the Jews who believed in him, like you and I. Jesus said, if you continue my teaching. So you must know the teachings of Jesus since you're born again, and you must continue. Anything Jesus did, you can do it. He has taught us how to do it. Not by anointing, but by obeying the word of God. Either you're a woman or a man. Captain Kuman was a woman. And God used that so extremely by what I'm telling you. And then he says here... In John 15, 
1. I am the true vine, says Jesus. And my father is the vine dresser or the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Why every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that he may be more fruitful. If you can be faithful in little, Jesus will empower you to have more. And look at the next word he says. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. The next verse says, remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must not in me. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Did you see that now? Verse 16. 16. You did not choose me. But I chose you. And appointed you to go and bear fruits. Fruits that will last. Then the Father will what? Give you. Did you see there? That if you bear fruits, God answers your prayer. Did you understand this? We'll look at that deeper on the Resurrection Sunday. On next Sunday, which is Resurrection Sunday, I'm going to explore into the power that works within those who, are, who have who accepted Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior. Let's stand up together. We're going to pray for one another. Hold hand with somebody beside you. And we're going to pray for illumination and insights. The spirit of illumination and insights. Shall we begin to pray in the name of Jesus? Pray for that person beside you. Lord, illuminate my mind and give me insights. The spirit of sight and insights. Illuminate my mind, Lord. Illuminate the mind of my sister or my brother beside me. And give us the spirit of insight. You have paid the price. Help us, O oh God, to obey you. Help us, O oh God, to operate Jesus. Father, I pray thee. Jesus says to the Jews who had believed in him. Jesus said, if you continue in my teaching, you will know the truth. Christianity is a pathway of Jesus' teaching. Enable us to obey you. Enable us to continue in your teaching that we may know the truth. The truth that set free. The truth that completely set free. Tell the Lord. Enable us, O oh God, to operate Jesus. Let my life be an example. Tell the Lord, let the life of my brother be an example. Jesus says, I will build my church. The gates of hell cannot prevail against it. He says, you did not choose me. I chose you and I appointed you. That is an appointment of God over your life. Pray, Lord, help us to fulfill your appointment. Help us to fulfill the mandate of heaven. Oh, Lord, my God. Father, we bless your holy name. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying with hands given. Stretch your hands forward before the Lord. The Bible says, and Jesus said, go to the next town. And you will see a cord that is tied down. Untie him. And if the owner asks you, why are you untying him or setting him free? Say to him, the Lord has need of it. From that time that the cord was untied, it was never written that it went back to be tied. So, my God, I pray, anyone under my voice that is under the control of Satan, 
I command you, devil and demons, release in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Because the Lord has need of them. I command their freedom in the name of Jesus. Everyone that is free. The Bible says, and Jesus, they brought the call to Jesus, and Jesus was riding on the cross. Father Lord, for everyone who have been freed by the blood of the Lamb, who have been brought to salvation, I pray that they will give the spirit of submission, that they will submit unto the sovereignty of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Every thought in our hearts, every doctrine that came from the pit of hell, that causes man to fear Satan more than God. Lord, I rebuke in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I pray for the spirit of knowledge that will come upon the, the, uh, a man and people cannot fool them anymore. For everyone that is called into the kingdom of God all over the globe, Father, I speak, receive knowledge in the name of Jesus. Let every veil of doctrine, wrong doctrines, let every veil of deception of hell, let every veil of the cunning of Satan be taken away in the name of Jesus. Let everyone in the household of faith come back to sanity. That you are the only one to submit to. We will not submit to the counsel of the ungodly. We will not submit to pajoras any longer. We will not submit to barbiters any longer. We will not submit to failures any longer. We will not submit to all ungodliness any longer. But our desire will be in the will of the Lord. In the will of God we will meditate day and night. The heart of obedience receiving the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The power of God is easy to operate. If a man can submit to Christ to ride him. Lord, I pray for these people. When that donkey was ridden by Jesus, the enemies of the donkey became the one that blessed them. I say to you in this week, from this very hour, those who have risen against you before, they will sing your praise. People who, have, who the devil have made to hate you before, they will come to submit before you. Listen to me in the name of sovereign law. The glory that belongs to Jesus shall be made fully manifest over you this week. The honor that belongs to Jesus shall be made fully manifest over you this week. This week for you will be a week of celebration. The Lord will take away from the mouth of some of you the song of sorrow. And he will replace in your tongue the song of praises and thanksgiving. Let me say this, that goodness of God and his thanksgiving will never cease from your mouth. The wishes of the enemy over you shall fail. The wishes of God over you shall prevail. Never again will any one of us engage in activity that will make Satan celebrate us. Never again will we engage ourselves in activity that will make God to mourn over us. I say from this hour, by the risen power of the resurrection, which you have received through Christ Jesus, your conduct and attitude will be conduct that pleases God. Every day of your life, the steps you will take in God shall cause heaven to celebrate you. Angels shall look at your life and they shall rejoice in the Lord. Demons shall look at you and they shall mourn. Satan shall look at you and he will regret. Mortal men who had wished you evil that God will make to become a friend of yours, they will look at you and say, we will serve your God. 
every power of the devil that